So we, we're talking about peace today, um, but peace is a byproduct. You know that, don't you? That most things are byproducts of other things. That if you chase after peace, you chase after joy, you pay, chase after courage, you chase after many things, you don't actually get them because they're byproducts. So the byproduct of uh, being with Jesus is peace, is a sense of uh, affirmation that I'm not alone, is a sense of company kept. And we're looking at this morning at... Um, and how Mary responded to the revelation that she was going to carry God's son, which is quite a surprise, let's face it. One minute you're rocking along and next minute you're rocked. And I always think when we, when we look at these moments, and, and uh, it's so funny when we, we kind of interpret God by saying, well, God would never do that to me, or God would never want me to be uncomfortable, or God would never want to interfere like that. And, and you read the Bible and you go, well, he actually does. He kind of acts like God. And the other thing you see with this is, is that, you know, in, in many ways, the 200 years before John the Baptist came and announced the coming of Jesus, which was after this, obviously, because John is still in Elizabeth at this stage, but God is breaking into history. Emmanuel is coming in. He's a God in human form. It's unbelievable. And I say this every Christmas, that it's unbelievable that God, the mighty God, if you... The universe is beyond our belief, beyond our expectation. Go on YouTube. I mean, go and, you know, dial up YouTube and just look at universe. And then they start doing about, well, this is the galaxy and that's the galaxy and then there are other galaxies and there are more galaxies. And you just go, I give up. Way, way too big. And if you, you know, fly for a million years, you haven't even got to this place. And then you hear, well, God is God of all. And, and, and I can't fathom it. And fortunately, God knows that I can't fathom it. And so he comes into our realm to enable us to understand something that we could never understand without his help. It's called revelation. Revelation means, uh, unless you told me, I wouldn't know because I couldn't have worked it out. So when God is appearing to Zechariah and when he's appearing to Mary and he's appearing in these ways to shepherds over Christmas, it's all revelation. It's God coming in. It's the beginning of heaven opening up. It's the beginning of God saying, you don't have to try and make it to me. Christianity is the only faith where God comes to earth. That's why pluralism, which means all faiths are equal, is rubbish. It is absolute rubbish. Because they say totally different things. Now that doesn't mean they don't, they shouldn't have a right to exist. They, do, they have a right to exist because freedom allows that. And in some conversations we're talking about now, we're talking about, just, I, I just thought I'd throw this in. We're talking about you know, the ISIS threat and we're talking about the you know, bringing refugees in and we're talking about being afraid of people. You know what the, the best antidote is for ISIS and fear? I, I read this, but I also reflect on it. Is why don't you create a... I, I remember standing on the, on the outside Otsuren in the army in 1971 and they said, the communists are coming. And I want to say, well, they're only coming because there's a seedbed discontent here that is unfair. And the best way to actually defend ourselves against the communists is not build the army, it's actually have equitable living for everyone. And that's often the best counter. If you, you know, what would it be like for somebody who came in as a Syrian to, to, to be an ISIS uh, advocate? What would it be like for them to so experience the love of God and so experience something of his presence that he actually just says, I'm not into this anymore. I'm not being naive. You see, everyone is God's child and he's jealous for everyone and he wants everyone to come to him. So, there's this encounter that comes from the outside that we need in order for us to know God and to know his workings. So what happens when, you, the, the other thing is, I keep looking and realizing I have notes here, um, is that most of us live dependent on our feelings, our circumstances and our relationships. 
And my happiness is dependent on how those things go. And of course that's true. There's a greater, there's a greater peace that comes from knowing who I am because of God despite my circumstances. That's what we're going after. It's called stability. It's called drawing upon the resources of God's Spirit so that what is in me is greater in the world. And so when, in fact, everything around me is falling apart or certainly challenging, I manifest, which is what Jan was saying, a peace that is beyond understanding. They said, this doesn't make sense. You should be freaked out right now. And I go, no, I am not freaked out because I know God is with me even though I don't like this. And the world is hungry to see people living differently so that they might have some hope. They're tired of neurotic Christians telling them what Jesus has done for them. Because a neurotic Christian doesn't have any advert to anything other than you're just somebody who calls yourself Christian, but you're just as bad as I am. So when the Spirit of God lives in us, there's, there's, there's got to be a difference. Now, don't take that as guilt and go, oh, well, I'm a failure. No, you're just aware that you need help. We bail out into accusation and offense way too easily. God gives us revelation all the time of, in your weakness, I will be strong. So know your weakness so you can know my strength. If you deny your weakness, you can't know my strength. You just say, I'm okay. There's freedom in being weak. There's not freedom in, in, in living in weakness as a victim. Just knowing, you know, when we start praying now, I mean, I would not do this 25 years ago, and I start asking God's Spirit to come. I would never do that 20 years ago because I'd be too afraid. It was all about me. And so I've got to live by faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you with the fact it's not about me, thank God. And so we have this breaking in to Mary's world. And what happens? This is in... Uh, we told us in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And where the Catholic Church has gone all crazy is they've made a saint out of Mary. And Mary's probably still scratching her head saying, why are they doing that? The most of the message of Christmas is that God came to a, a little peasant girl who wasn't looking for him in any special way. Because if Mary is the saint, then there's no hope for you and me because then I've got to say, how am I be good enough? And when God came into Mary's presence, Mary became good enough because of God's presence, not because of Mary's worthiness. Mary is planning to get married to Joseph. She's got to hang around for about a year or two while Joseph gets his act together, builds a room onto his parents' house. A lot's got to happen. And God rocks up and says, you're going to be pregnant. And in Mary's mind, how on earth is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I haven't been with a man. I don't plan to be with a man. And Joseph's going to be screaming mad and his parents are going to kick me out and the whole village is going to know and I'm going to be cast out. That's the reality of this great revelation. Thank you. God doesn't want me to be uncomfortable. He does. He doesn't really mind you being uncomfortable. If you want to follow Jesus and you're worried about your comfort, you'll never go further than the threshold. Learn to enjoy not being comfortable or what lies before you. That was good news, wasn't it? Glad you came this morning. And what does he say? He says the same thing as he says to every single one. I mean, I used to be terrified of this. If God came and he stood right in front of me, it would be, oh God, I'm in trouble. It would be like that. I was terrified. If God, if you were to stand in front of God right now, he would say the same thing. One angel, they'd say the same thing to you as they said to Mary. Probably with a smile. You who are highly favored. Because you are. You are highly favored. Well, I don't feel it. Well, we can talk about that that you are highly favored. Why? Because I said so. You see, if I'm God and I created you, I can feel like I like about you. If I want to say you're highly favored, you're highly favored. And if you don't feel highly favored, well, that's your issue, not mine. In fact, that's why I've sent an angel and that's why I'm in front of you because I'm actually saying your, your life has got a little distorted, your background's got a little distorted, not all your fault, but I need to actually... I'm, I'm showing myself to you to encourage you that where you bless you, where you are is not where I want you to be because you are highly favored. Why? Because I love you. I like you. 
well, if you like me, why did all this happen? He said, because there's freedom. But I'm still God and I still like you. Well, I don't feel like worthy. Well, that's a lie. You are worthy. Why? Because I like you and I made you. And I'm here to restore you. I'm here to build into you something that's got lost. And you can get angry with me and you can swear at me and you can beat on my chest. I, that's fine because I'm not threatened by you. I understand. And we'll work it out. See, that's God revealing himself and revealing himself as one who is not frightened of you. He's not angry with you. He's not particularly disturbed by you in the sense of, oh, he's, he gets you. And so when the angel appeared to Mary, she basically uh, was astounded. But the first word that was given to her was you who are highly favored. And it's really easy to read over these words. But what is it like to be in the presence of an angel, the presence of God, who says to you, looks you in the eye and says, you are highly favored. Now, if you want peace, enter into being highly favored. And peace will, peace will be the gift that comes. A lot of things will come with the presence of the living God. So who you think God is for you is what he will be for you. So the revelation of God had to come through Jesus because our world and our religious lives had got so broken and so distorted. And then we project onto God what we think. We project onto God what he should do, how he feels about things because it's how we feel about it. And it's God's much, much, much nicer than us. And so this God came to Mary in this form of the angel and what was Mary's response? She was greatly troubled wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Maybe she was aware that she wasn't perfect after all. Maybe, she, what do you mean highly favored? I don't know. But it was an interruption, for sure. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Again, he says this. How many times does fear cause us to pull away from God? How many times does, do we dumb down our feelings because we don't know where they're going to lead us? You live out of your, your emotion. Everyone does. You live out of that place of identity. The, the angel says again, don't be afraid, you are favored by God. It's the story of the prodigal son. The, the son who, who felt himself so unworthy because he had totally messed up his life and he comes home and the father says, welcome. And he doesn't deserve it. And you and I don't deserve it. It's just as simple as, just, it, just settle it. You don't deserve it. So stop saying, I don't deserve it. We all know that. And if you think you do, talk to me and I'll help you realize you don't. There's no one without sin there's no one who is worthy and some people act like their great sinfulness is a virtue but you don't understand yeah you just screwed up that's what people say I'm not, you know, I'm not religious I don't go to church because I'm not good enough you go you qualify man you're first in line you, you're so screwed up you're first in line you really do qualify Mary didn't deserve this attention she didn't ask for it God broke in through an angel said you are highly favored Mary anticipated for her life what Mary anticipated for her life and what God desired were totally different. Do you think that might be true for you and me? So I said last week, we're talking about the Magi coming because we flipped to the other side of the story, but we won't go there again. All I'm saying though is uh, what you think your life is about is not what God necessarily thinks it's about. That's why it's so dangerous to make long-range plans beyond, that are too tight, particularly when it comes to following Jesus. One of the things we do in the West really well is we make plans with our money, we make plans with all of our lives, and then we say, well, I can't do it because I'm busy. We actually rule our lives and then we discount God because of the decisions we've made. And then we give him whatever's left over. And God interrupts and, and, and what happens with Mary, um, the things that she had planned were getting challenged. And she could have easily said, um, Gabriel, how about you turn up next year at this time because then at least we've got past marriage. 
Um, it's just not convenient right now. I'm seeing mum tomorrow and we're going shopping and we've got to plan for the wedding. And Joe's will be crazy. What will the neighbors think? Just turn up some other time. It's not really convenient. We'd probably still be waiting for the birth of Jesus. Because Gabriel will be going back. Nobody wants to. Nobody. <laughs> we can't get through. We get from heaven to earth and then we get stuck because everyone's busy. Can't find. I was going to say we can't find a virgin. But no, we can, I mean, we're politically incorrect and totally wrong. And <laughs> Come on, it was quite funny. Uh, well, at least you listen. So she couldn't work it out. And so Mary says, uh, he says, and then he gives this, do, you, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. It's like good news and bad news. You found favor with God, God really likes you, you're wonderful. Oh, goody, 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 now he, he wants you to do something. Oh, shoot. And that's where most of us bail out, you know. Um, and he says this, he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you'll call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will, will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is God giving her the good news about his son. He's going to be great and he's wonderful and Mary's going, what about me? Because we live about me. What's in this for me? You're just going to be a carry bag like they have at Thrifty. I just need something to put the kid in. Thanks a lot. I didn't think of that. That's, that's all. Um, and, and then, so what's in it for me? And he you see, in the presence of the angel, everything changed for Mary as, as they tracked through this conversation. In the presence of the angel, Mary, I think, receives something of the presence and love of the Father and s- receives something of the value of her life in a way that she probably couldn't even put into words. She wouldn't have anticipated. And then as she hears what God is going to do through this child that he's saying he's going to conceive in her, and of course she goes, how? As we would. How will this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And I don't think she has a clue what he's saying. What do you mean? The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. That sounds scary. And then there's this cool thing that God does. And by the way, Elizabeth, your, your barren cousin, she's pregnant. What? So when you, when you wake up tomorrow, you're not going to feel this is all a dream. You're going to know something because I'm going to give you someone with skin on to encourage you. And by the way, she's actually six months pregnant because they didn't have Facebook, so they didn't, couldn't work this out. You know, It wasn't all instant. Think about that. God so loves Mary, so anticipates her struggle that he takes someone close to her and he says, we're going to bless Elizabeth and through Elizabeth, Mary's going to have a confidence to believe that what was revealed to her is actually true and will come to pass. And what does Mary say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. What a response. See, for many of us, the Lord is our servant. God didn't heal me. God didn't provide for me. God didn't do this. God didn't do that. I don't know why he did. God, come down. I want you to answer to me. We live like that. And Mary's response is just, who would have thought? I'm not worthy, but I, whatever you say. When do you think the Holy Spirit overshadowed her? I think it was then. I think as she said yes, she was pregnant. Whoops. How long till you know you're pregnant without a test? I don't know the answer to this because I never have experienced that. How long do you need? Four or five weeks. Just have a word for you. And God's Spirit works in you and you don't feel anything. You're just pregnant. We live too much on our feelings, not on the promises. When God speaks, when we speak healing over one another, when we speak over one another... Something happens. The Holy Spirit overshadows you. And just because we don't feel anything doesn't mean nothing's going on. So let's land this because it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, story. If you want God to work through you, you've got to work, let him work in you. We've just given an update for Laura and for Grant who down at Bethel Supernatural Ministry. Guess what they're doing? Almost every week they're learning about something about themselves. 
about shame or sexuality or about identity or about it's been months now of, of learning about why because unless you come to terms with who you are and who you are not God can't use you we want to do all the laying on our hands we want to have all the gifts and the confidence and the peace and the joy but if you don't let Jesus close and you don't let him in he can't come through you so the first thing he does is say you are highly favored I love you now let's work let's clean up what's happened so that we can actually release what will be it's called process so what's the story about you don't need an angel now because God is present as I said at the beginning of the service when God started with Jesus coming as in, in, in human form he came into Mary was born through Mary and then went to the cross and rose from the dead and then poured out his spirit and Mary was in that upper room and she was filled with the spirit of God in a way that she wasn't even filled when she was pregnant because what God actually is saying to us is what the angel did with Mary was essential to enable God to impregnate all of us with his spirit because what he had to do first was to create the second Adam the one who would be perfectly able to go to the cross for the sins of the world that would actually open up heaven and then enable us to receive all that we could not have received because our sin wasn't dealt with you understand that? so Mary, when the angel came to Mary and said you will be with child it's a foreshadowing of the risen Jesus coming to you and to me and say will you carry me? can I live in you? will you be my hands and feet in the world? what do you say? how will this be? and he says don't worry how it will be I need, I need skin, I need hands and feet to impact the world can I use you will you be my much loved child and so what Mary went through is really a metaphor as well for what it means to be filled with the spirit of God now and what it means for that process to be birthed in us and then flowing through us it also means that we are given the, 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 the privilege of saying yes or no again and again you carry in you the spirit of God if you've asked him if you've said Jesus I thank you for my for taking my sin I confess what I know thank you for your cross and you say that you don't just presume it you say it you declare it you know it's just like getting pregnant it's not an accident two people come together they have sex they do something same is true with God you do things and things happen and so God says yes I pour my spirit into you now the difference between Mary's pregnancy and our pregnancy is that God came in human form in Jesus as a little baby who had to be cradled and nurtured by Jesus. That Mary Did You Know song really says at the end of it, Mary, you will be cradled by the living God. Bearing him so that he can bear you. That's the good news. And so when Mary gave birth to this little child, it was helpless. When God's spirit enters into you, you're not pregnant. You don't contain the baby Jesus. You contain the kingdom of heaven on earth the kingdom is within you God said that he, I mean I'm not making this up John 14 23 what does he say he says um, let's get it right anyone who le- loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them that's what we mean that your body is the temple of the living God the temple of the Holy Spirit so if you want peace let the prince of peace live among you live in you we cannot manufacture it in ourselves what if you're pregnant for the kingdom of heaven how would that change your life what if you were to start saying to God a little bit more seriously I am your servant rather than do this do that do the other thing who the heck do you think you are God's very polite so the story of Mary and the receiving from the angel 
is an encouragement to us to understand that it is a metaphor as well for our living with God's Spirit in us. Let's stand. Will all the pregnant ones stand? You better turn to the person next to me. I didn't know you were pregnant. I really didn't know that. Oh, great barren. You don't want to be a barren Christian, do you? You are pregnant. Who wants to be pregnant? Male and female with the kingdom of heaven. Seriously. Seriously. These are just metaphors to help us understand things that we can't understand. So, how many of us how many of us are making excuses or saying we don't have what it takes or it's not in us or we don't know what to do? Well, you're pregnant with the answer. Place your victimization at the cross right now. I'm never going to be a victim again. I'm sick of being a victim. My identity is not a victim. I use it as an excuse and I'm sick of that excuse and everyone around me is sick of that excuse. And Father, I I just speak favor over each one here right now. Favor in the name of Jesus. I speak to those who are like Elizabeth who go, I will never have a child or I will never have and you can fill in the blank. It might be a partner. It might be a job. It might be freedom from addictions. It might be anything you like. I will never have. And I break the lie and the curse of those words in the name of Jesus over you. And I speak to the Zechariahs who sometimes stop God because they can't understand how it works. And just say, give up your understanding. Yield it. You don't have to understand. Don't let your experience of God be limited to your understanding. It would be so much less than it could be. Humble yourself. Many of us believe lies. I have in my pocket, this is part of the prayer, but I just forgot about it, but it is part of the prayer. I have in my pocket two, two uh, notes that have come from South Africa. And they're 50, uh, let's, I'll call them 50, they're 50 rand notes. And I was in a town, we were, Cheryl and I were in a town, it was a beautiful town, a wine country called Stellenbosch, the toy and the keyword we know. And uh, we bought something and somebody gave me change and I went to the theatre, it's called the Baxter Theatre in Cape Town and I handed in one of these dollars, uh, these, these notes and the person said it's fraud. Um, and I wouldn't know the difference because I didn't really look that closely. And I'm raising this only to say this, that if you want to know the difference between the real and the unreal, you study the real and the unreal will become more and more obvious. You don't need an angelic appearance. You, God has given us brothers and sisters God has given us his word. Read his word. Get to know his word. Read these stories. And in the booklet you're getting this for the, the next few weeks, there's a, there's, read John chapter 1, 2 and 3. Read his word. Let the Spirit of God begin to show you what he's like. Because when the Spirit of God is pregnant in you and the kingdom of heaven is in you, the, the deceptions will become easier to spot. We spend too much time listening to televi- watching television, listening to one another, swapping emotions, and we get deceived really quickly. So I just encourage you to get the truth of Jesus into you. Receive, we have the word of God like Mary never had it. We have access to the things of God that none of the people in the New Testament had. Receive them as gifts that God will speak through them, filled with the kingdom of heaven right now. God only needs a mustard seed in you to transform the world. Carry it with grace. Carry it with joy. Carry it with expectancy. Come Holy Spirit. Dave, do you want to do the, the communion? I just want you to wait on God for a minute. It's so easy for us to hurry. Let him speak to you about what it means. Hold your stomach and go, in me is the kingdom of heaven. I contain the kingdom of heaven. Go and do it. Do it. Hold your stomach. In me. is the, Don't worry about the person next to you. Seriously, I'm really, really serious. You contain the living God. You contain the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven lives in you because 
God has spoken over you and said, you are my beloved, you are highly favored. And you keep on saying, how will it be? And he says, don't worry. I'll I'll tell you when you're 21. Just like we do with our children. Don't worry, trust me. And start saying, thank you, Father, that you... You say yes to me. Thank you that I'm favored by you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you have things in me for others. Because everything God placed in Mary was for others, for us. And start saying, Father, I ask you to forgive me when all I'm worried about is myself. I want to be a servant that blesses other people because I will be blessed in the process. So this Christmas, we pray, Father, for a revelation of Jesus that will transform our lives. And as you come to receive the breaking of bread this morning just come let that be a tangible sign just come and say thank you Jesus as I digest this bread as I drink this wine and it goes into my system it actually dies in me in order that I might live may I be somebody who allows you to spend me to give me as bread to somebody to give me as wine to somebody where they will live because I'm just laying down my life whatever that means and it will be joy and it will be wonderful it will give my life meaning And all the things that I'm worried about, you will actually take care of. So Father, we bless your word in us today. We bless the the growth process of birthing new things in us today. In Jesus' name.